Christ's name. Amen. Well, my friends, there's a story given in Scripture that I want to share with you. It's an important story in the midst of Jesus' journey. In particular, it takes place after he has been in his hometown, and in his hometown where he experienced almost nothing but rejection from people who believed that he was just the the son of a carpenter, that he was just that boy who had grown up in the midst of them, and weren't his brothers still here and his sisters still here? And who, does, who is he that he seems to have so much power? And Jesus makes that famous statement about a prophet is not without honor except in one's hometown. And, well, I could tell you stories from my childhood that would bear that out. Actually, from my teenage and, and later years. And following that moment when Jesus is coming off this experience of such unbelief among those from whom he had grown up, such unbelief that he was able to do almost no healings in that place. Because, of course, healing requires not just the action of Christ and God, but it requires the action of the heart of the believer. And so Jesus and the disciples leave Nazareth, and they head out into the countryside, and they go village to village. And in one place, this happens. Then he went among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, As you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. And I am captivated by the fact that Jesus sent the disciples out Two by two. Could they not have reached so many more places and so much more need and so many more people if they'd gone one by one? There would have been 12 of them out there instead of teams of six. Why did Jesus do that? I want to ask you to answer in the hollow of your heart whether you have ever felt profoundly alone. Have you ever felt that deep loneliness that washes over us and makes us feel as though 
there's almost no point in living. I have. When my husband died after a terrible bout of cancer, I became deeply lonely. I had devoted myself to him for six months after my retirement from my position as conference minister in Connecticut. And we had been so deeply together through that time that when the day came that he died, it was as though life itself, for me, had stopped. The loneliness can do that. Many of you know that. Many of you have been through that experience or you've been through experiences in your workplace where you were the one who needed to lead and no one else was with you. Or perhaps in your neighborhood where you felt ostracism or maybe right at home even if you have a a whole family around you. Loneliness strikes us all. And so it, it seems in these days that loneliness is an epidemic. It is as though in our chasing after all the things of the world, we have not opened our eyes to see that that's not what it's about. That it's about relationship first and foremost relationship with Christ and God and the Holy Spirit, but of course relationship with one another in the midst of community. Indeed, I believe that Jesus sent those disciples out two by two in ways that are in keeping with the rest of Scripture, where there are so many places where things are done two by two. There's Noah's Ark, where where the world, the earth would not be here, at least metaphorically, if it had not been for Noah's invitation to the animals two by two. And there is that phrase that the hymn we just sang reminds us of, that where we come together in two, as two or three, there Jesus is as well. Two by two, community is so important to our life together in faith. Now, I want to tell you a story this morning about another time of two-by-two, a time in our great heritage. And honestly, I have to tell you, I know that many of you cannot come on Saturday mornings, but I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to tell you all one of the great stories of our history and our heritage. And it is a story of people two by two and the difference they made. I will take us back to 1864 or 1865. And there was an organization that Congregationalists of New England and New York and some Presbyterians and a few others had founded called the American Missionary Association. It brought together individuals and churches, and it brought together some anti-slavery organizations that had risen up, smaller ones. And the American Missionary Association was founded in 1846 um, as an anti-slavery organization in the midst of the United States. 
that organization, as we went through the Civil War as a nation, positioned itself to be prepared that at the end of the war, those who had been newly freed from slavery would not be alone. That those who had been newly freed from slavery and had been prevented from education and had been prevented from having their own churches would have the opportunity. And so the representatives of the American Missionary Association went to the colonial churches of New England, if you can imagine those little white churches sitting on the greens all over New England and New York. And they um, went with the permission and invitation of the pastor. And somewhere in the midst of of the services on Sunday mornings all over that region, someone from the American Missionary Association would be called on by the pastor and would come forward and would issue the challenge would issue the challenge to the congregation and say something like, obviously we have no record of what they actually said, so I'm inventing, but it was something like, friends, you and I all know that across the great south of this land, there has been a terrible cataclysm in this war. Our people have given their lives Our men have left our towns and our villages and have gone throughout the country in order to make a difference through this war. But when the war ends, the true war will not be over because we have a war on our hands, a war to provide education and churches to those who are going to be freed from this terrible institution of slavery. Well, something like that. Something like that, probably with a lot more passion and probably longer. And by the hundreds, hundreds, people sitting in those pews across the northeastern part of the United States gradually said, I'll go, I'll go. Send me. Now think about that. It's 1865. They're farmers, they're teachers, they're merchants, they're homemakers, mothers, and fathers. And they're being asked to go into the South under terrible conditions, following the Union Army into town after town, city after city, where they will not be welcomed. Where they will not be welcomed. Where indeed they will face not only threats to their lives, but death. Not only hunger, but deep malnutrition. And yet, though they knew that, hundreds of our forebearers in faith said, send me, I'll go. Now, the American Missionary Association was very wise. They didn't send them one by one. They sent them two by two. And those two by two pairs, sure, they could not have, re- they could have reached many more if they had gone one by one. But they needed to be two by two. 
just as in so much of our lives, it helps so much to be accompanied. And do you know, those hundreds of Congregationalists and a few Presbyterians, there might have been some Baptists mixed in, but it was largely our forebearers in Congregationalism. They founded church after church after church all across the South for the newly freed slaves. Now, we may lament today that Sunday morning is the most segregated time of, of the week. But I will tell you, and I do lament it, but I will tell you there would not have been any place for the slaves to worship, the former slaves to worship, if it had not been for the work of our forebears. And they not only founded those churches, by the way, one of those churches in New Orleans, Louisiana, Central Congregational Church, was founded by the American Missionary Association and was the church that raised up the Reverend Dr. Ambassador Andrew Young. Another contribution to our nation that I'll be talking about on the third session. So there they are, founding churches, but as in keeping with our commitment to education, and it is a deep commitment, it is in the DNA and the marrow of our bones as the United Church of Christ to be committed to education, they founded schools and colleges and academies all throughout the South. Could they have done it one by one? I don't think so. Two by two. And I'm going to name some of those institutions for you and see if you've ever heard of any of these. Berea College, Strait University, Fisk University, LeMoyne-Owen, Dillard, Houston Tillotson, Howard, any number, I know I'm missing two or three, but any number that still survive to this day and are many of them related to the United Church of Christ. Those colleges are so important in the history of African Americans in this country that 18 miles from here, in the stained glass windows of the Congregational Church of Christian Fellowship, where David and I were members when I lived here, are the college seals of the six American Missionary Association colleges related to the United Church of Christ to this day. Two by two, we can take on the world. Two by two, we can minister to the ills of our world. Two by two, we can overcome the loneliness, the aloneness of our days. It only happens if we're willing. Seated in our pews, and yours are more comfortable than theirs were, to be willing to say, send me, God. I'll go and make the difference. And my own experience has been that when I'm willing to go and make a difference, 
Not only does the Spirit of God go with me, but others do too. And the friendship that I've been missing and the loneliness that I have felt are transformed because I am no longer alone and focused on myself. My friends, it is an incredible heritage that we share. The heritage of Jesus Christ. The heritage of God. The heritage of the Holy Spirit. And the heritage of the United Church of Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.